so glad you've joined us on the ERLC podcast to explore how the Bible addresses important cultural issues pertaining to life, religious liberty, marriage and family, and human dignity, and how we can walk in wisdom for God's glory and for the flourishing of our neighbors. If you're enjoying this podcast and find it helpful, please leave a review wherever you listen. This will help more people find and benefit from what we're learning together. We are grateful for the time you take to join us for these conversations. For women, they need to see role models and examples. The more that we encourage women to take responsibility for ministries and to lead and to and to use their gifts, younger women see that and they see their example and they think, oh, I could maybe do something like that. Hi, I'm Trillian Newbell, and I'm excited to announce our series, Better Together. The series captures our desire to partner together as men and women in the church and beyond to advance the kingdom with mutual support and care. Better Together will address a wide range of topics from sexual abuse, leadership, women in work, women's ministry, and so much more. Our goal is to inform and equip listeners on matters most important to women in the areas of church, home, and work. I am really excited about today's guest. She has become a friend, and it's amazing when you—the internet connects people, and then you can take it offline and meet in real life, and I'm— Grateful for Christine Hoover. She's a pastor's wife and author of several books, including Messy, Beautiful Friendship and Searching for Spring. Welcome to the podcast, Christine. Thanks for having me, Trillia. I'm so excited to be with you. And it's true. I've enjoyed getting to know you both online and offline. It's been a privilege. It's so sweet. And you have your own podcast as well. And tell us the title of it. Yeah. It's called By Faith, and I do it in seasons. So each season we kind of tackle a different area of life. I just got done with a season on friendship, and I'm preparing a season on serving by faith. Excellent. Well, I have enjoyed watching the way that you interact with others and communicate. One of the things we're not talking about, but one of the things that I so appreciate about you is that you support other women with such faithfulness and with all all of your heart it and it it really captures the idea of better together um just how how sweet it is to have been one of a recipient of it but also to watch it from afar so thank you for that well thanks for saying that i appreciate it yeah absolutely well today we are going to be thinking about training and equipping women which is also something that Um, you are doing. You're doing through your book, through your local church. And I want us to kind of think through it from the lens of the local church and as a pastor's wife, what that looks like um, as we're thinking through it. So first, let's, let's define it. What does that mean to you when we're thinking about training and equipping women? What does that mean? Well, I think it, we can talk about it at two different levels, and one is the larger church, larger evangelical world uh, level, and 
the other level is the local church level, and that's where I'm mainly serving. And so I can kind of speak to that level. And they certainly go together. Um, but working at the local church level, training and equipping means to me that we're not only training women how to read and study scripture and to apply scripture in everyday practical life situations, but we're also wanting to help women identify their gifts and their skills and teach them how God has given them those skills for a certain purpose, and that is to edify the church and to serve others. And so training and equipping, uh, I think, really is helping not only identify those things, but then giving women opportunity to practice using those skills within the church. I think most women know what they're good at, or at least they could, if we really kind of pull it out of them, they can voice what their gifts are, but but most of them don't know how they can use those gifts within their church context. And so they sometimes think of roles like the women's ministry leader or the women who teaches the Bible study at church, but they don't often think beyond that of how can women use gifts of discernment? How can women use gifts of prayer and evangelism? Mm, and how how can good. I do that within my church context? So I think when we're talking about training and equipping, we're talking about practical training, but we're also talking about theological training. Mm. No, that is so good. I want us to think about going beyond those roles and what that could look like. But before we do that, I want to think about also women who are pastors' wives. So you just encouraged us to identify gifts and skills. I am not a pastor's wife. I haven't been a pastor's wife, but I have spoken to many, and I have many who are friends. And one of the things that Mm -hmm. they— have expressed to me is a almost, I'm going to use the word lost, but they're not really sure about their role and how it fits within the church. And they don't want to be a shadow of their husband, but they also don't want to, there's just a lot of confusion, it seems. Mm -hmm. So how can you encourage pastors wives in this area? How can they feel a part of the church and not just this label? Yes, that's such a good question. And I really am passionate about this because I am a pastor's wife. When I first jumped into ministry with my husband, I was very young, and I immediately felt, as you said, lost. I felt confused, uncertain. And so what I did is I kind of went to that model of what I had seen done before. And I I felt like I needed to kind of do what other people had done. I looked around at other people and tried to emulate them. And all of these were really great women, but they weren't me. And they weren't the specific, they didn't have the specific gifts and personality and family situation that I did. And so it took me many years to kind of figure out, oh, I am to I am to be me within the context that God has placed me. And so I think a lot of women struggle with that. They try to emulate other pastor's wives or do what they think they should do. And they go through that sense of feeling lost and uncertain. And so this is an untapped resource in the larger church, I think. Pastor's wives are generally leaders. They have a lot of influence, but they are not trained 
at all. And they don't know where to go to get Mm. that training and equipping. And so they just kind of feel through the dark, um, finding their way. And eventually many of them do find their way, but there is sometimes still this kind of feeling of, am I doing this right? Uh, What could I be doing better? And so I would say to pastor's wives who are listening, I would say that they need to study themselves and especially newer ones, learn who they are. How has God made them? How has he formed their their church context, their their family situation? And look for those clues of maybe where what God would have you do. Don't look to other women and try to be what they are. Look mm. to God and ask him to show you how he specifically wants to use you where you are with the gifts that you have. No, that's helpful. And I, I wonder... You said that there isn't a lot of training for a pastor's wife. What would that even, what would that look like? That's a really hard question. Uh, (laughs) And I know I've been a part of helping uh, some with the North American Mission Board with their church planting wives. And it's really hard because every wife, pastor's wife is different. Every woman is different. Everyone approaches their role differently. right? And so there's no set, you know, for pastors, they're all going to kind of do the same kinds of things, but pastor's wives are so different. And so I don't know exactly the answer to that question, but I do think that it involves what I said earlier, some theological training that we want to learn, be learners and studiers alongside our husbands, whether that's getting to go to seminary with them or doing things on our own to, to learn and to grow in our understanding of scripture. But then also the practical training that Maybe for a pastor's wife listening that she gets another pastor's wife who's older than her and says, tell me how you have learned to do this. How do I approach relationships in the church? How do I approach my role? How do I make sure that my family stays a priority? All the different questions that come up, ask an older pastor's wife for that kind of Titus II mentoring mm-hmm. in the role. No, that's so good. And one of the things that I hear you saying is that every Every pastor's wife is different. Every woman is different. And yes. so there may be a, a woman who has a desire to to lead or to teach or to counsel, which, of course, we are all supposed to do in some way. But there might be a pastor's wife who would prefer to focus mainly and completely in her home. And so— yes. And, and so there's freedom there um, not to feel any pressure either way, it sounds like, um, but there's still a lot of confusion. And so how can local churches improve training and equipping in general? For, for, for their women? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think what I'm seeing in churches that I get to go to and in my own church is that often women are relegated to a corner of the church, a silo ministry called women's ministry, and the pastor may or may not be aware of what's happening in that ministry. And so I think there's a lot of opportunity that we have within the local church to uh, provide opportunities for women to serve and to practice using their gifts. So for instance, what I find is I get invited to go and speak to churches to their women's ministry at their retreats or things like that. There's nothing wrong with that. But I often think, are there women within this church who could teach and who could lead and practice those gifts under the supervision and the help of an older woman who is has had experience in teaching. I would love to see that growing where we're doing the women are doing the work of the ministry 
all over the church, and they're being trained by the pastors and the elders of the church to do it. No, that's so good. I actually, so I think there's oh, a lot of opportunity there. No, you're exactly right. I actually just this week, um, I, w- I was invited to speak somewhere, and the more that I heard their heart behind it, they have been studying this particular topic for an entire year. They have been um, reading the Greek and Hebrew. <laughs> They're just all over the place in the <laughs> Word, and they are so excited about this particular topic, and they want me to come in and speak, even though they have been studying it like crazy. And so I said, well, I'm happy to, but I think you're actually equipped to do this yourself. You, yeah. you have been you have been soaking in the word and you are you know yeah this is something that's so important to you so i i think it's important for women to see that that they are capable and able yes. and that that though there are so many of i'm going to use the word us who speak outside of our local context who are willing to come you might it's not you might there's probably someone in your congregation who is longing to teach, who is equipped to teach. And and so to identify those people and put them, let them mess up even with yes. their body, <laughs> I think is is important and essential. Yes. So some of our some of our equipping might not necessarily be uh formal training. It it sounds like to me it could be just taking a step of faith and trying. Um, yes. With the yeah, with the gifts that you have already. Yes, I think we need men and women who are in positions of leadership at the church level to be on the lookout for other people within their congregation who have gifts and pointing that out to them, saying, "You have the gift of hospitality. Let's talk about how you can use that gift." to serve our church. Let's talk about discipleship. Let's talk about evangelism. Let's talk about all of these different things. How can we incorporate you with this gift within the church? So it doesn't even have to be just teaching. That's often what we think about, but it can be anything. Absolutely. How are we bringing those people into opportunities to serve and use those gifts? That is so good. I am reading a book right now called You Don't Have to Have a Title to Be a Leader. And that might be the wrong mm. title of that book, but it is so it is so <laughs> good. Um, but you don't. You it's about service. And that's what the focus of the book is, is how our we can influence others through serving others. And and so let's talk about that. You were talking, you hit something at the beginning of our conversation that I don't hear a lot about. When we're thinking about training and equipping women, and um, <laughs> I keep wanting to use the word unleash, but it's so cliche, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but g- getting them out there to serve, you said, look beyond the roles. You even talked about things like discernment. How do you train and equip beyond the roles? Or how can the church help women think this way, identifying ways that they can serve beyond thinking about roles? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. I think women 
show themselves. Their gifts come out. It's like oozing out of them. They just need someone to say, hey, I think that you have a special gift in leadership. I see you doing this in a small group setting. Why don't you, would you be willing to take over this next level thing and just see how it goes and I'll help you? I think also women, they have ideas and they are, they want to serve. And so I think it would it would be, it's really helpful when pastors and elders are willing to hear those ideas and willing to say, okay, yes, go do that. And what do you need from me to help you and to support you? Because my husband is pastor. He is overwhelmed and overburdened. He has a lot on his plate. But for him to say, we had this young woman in our church recently who came and said, I have an idea about gathering young moms at the park and our other the moms in our church just being there having gospel conversations inviting them to come and be a part of what we're doing and he said great i love it go like what do you need from our church we'll help you but it's all her mm. because that is who she is and that's her that's her gift and it's coming out of her but but i think women a lot of times need that validation and confirmation to just say just go with it we don't have to you don't have to have a role you don't have to have a title just go with it and one way I think also we can help that is by hiring women at, on church staffs where they they have the eyes to see what's happening among the women. They often have those relationships mm-hmm. where they can call out and pinpoint women with certain gifts and, and talk with them about how they can use those. Mm. Well, the series is called Better Together. So how might men and women partner together? And you've kind of hit on this in this last answer, but how can men and women partner together for this training and equipping so that it's not all on the pastor and it's not all on the women, that they're working together to build up the kingdom. Yeah. I think that if men are willing to see the need for training and equipping of women, they will realize that they have an army of women who are willing to work hard, that they have influence over other women, that, I mean, this is a gift to the kingdom of God for women who are trained and equipped to be given the opportunity to have that and to serve. And so for men, I would say just see the need and provide the opportunities for them. Bring women onto your leadership team. And for women, I would say that we we need to be willing to actually take up leadership positions and opportunities. I think sometimes women can, we can doubt ourselves. We can be uncertain. Uh, we're afraid to kind of step out in front of the pack and say, okay, I am going to, I am going to do this. I will be willing to take responsibility for this. And so if we're willing to do that, I think that's a partnership that is powerful. You know, you mentioned some hesitations and and so I want to think through that. Why would we be held back? It sounds to me uh, like fear. Fear holds us back from stepping out in faith. So a woman may not say something because she doesn't want to be rejected or she doesn't want to fail or she is she has this burning desire, but she is afraid. And Or a man may ignore half the church because he doesn't feel equipped and he doesn't know what to say. So how do we, how do we move past those barriers. And am I right? I'm, I'm sure that's that's just one thing that I picked up, but are there other barriers that keep us from working together? 
I think having a conversation like this is really important for not just for women among women, but men and women together having mm -hmm. a conversation and being able to talk about how does it look practically in the church for women to serve and to lead. And I, I also think uh, for women, they need to see role models and examples. The more that we offer women and, and encourage women to take not just roles, as we said, but to to take responsibility for ministries and to lead and to and to use their gifts. Younger women see that and they see their example and they think, oh, I could maybe do something like that. It, it becomes a natural thing. I was just recently meeting with a young woman who I have said to her, you have gifts of leadership and teaching. How can I help you grow in that. That's and awesome. she's going to teach for her first time at our women's Bible study. And I've read over her manuscript. And and I think it's been helpful for me to just call her out in that and say, this is what I see. But also for her to be able to ask me questions and say, is this normal? Is this, you know, how do I work through some of these fears that I have? And so there's a there, we can use the Titus II type relationships to, to help women in, in these areas and to help them kind of move past that fear. But it's the example of seeing other women doing it where it's just a normal and natural thing in the church. That fear goes away. No, that's so good. That's good. And here's the reality, however. People can hear this, say, amen, yes, let's do this. But they've been discouraged because they either have been denied the chance yes. or yeah. um, they haven't been supported. They aren't in a church where, like your husband said to the woman, go and do. <laughs> yeah, They've actually been pushed back against. Um, so there's, there's lots of reasons why. There's lots of different circumstances. But there's probably someone who's discouraged. So how... How can you encourage us with the gospel in this conversation that we might be encouraged and built up together? That's a good question. Well, the Spirit is at work in His church, and I would say to that woman, of course, there's a conversation that might need to be had about, are you are you in the right church? Is God maybe pulling you somewhere else? But also, pray for your elders and pastors. Pray that God would do work in His, in his church. But then again, we've talked about there are no, we don't have to have roles and titles in order to serve. Right. And so you can start right where you are, the spirit working in you to disciple a young woman or to teach a, a group of women in your home from the Bible. You, you can use your gift no matter what other people say or what they validate in you. Ask God to show you what your gifts are and to how He would like you to use them in your local context and do it. That's all you can do is be faithful with what you've been given. No, that's good. It, it's reminding me of uh, Paul's exhortation, I guess. I, I'm not really sure if that's the right word, but that we are a body of many parts and that we we need the pinky. We need the, we, we yes. <laughs> yeah, we can't. I, I have, I don't know if, You've ever broken a toe? I have not, but I've stubbed my toe, and you think your your pinky toe has no real function until it hurts, and then you realize you can't walk without it. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. every every person is important. Everyone is needed, and as you have just mentioned, by God's grace, we have the Spirit. So if someone's been discouraged or 
despondent even, um, that they can cry out to the Lord and and He will hear them and draw near to them and comfort them and empower them by His Spirit to walk in faith. And so, mm-hmm. um, so thank you so much. Are there any last words before we close this? Well, and I would just add what, about what you just said is that just because it's not seen, it may not be seen work by a pastor, elder, or a woman leader in your church, but God sees what you do in His name, and He rewards that faithful work. So I hope that is an encouragement to anyone listening who has been previously discouraged. Yes, amen to that. Well, on that note, thank you so much for your time. I encourage everyone to go and learn more about Christine. Do you have a website and what is it? Yes, it's called gracecoversme.com. Excellent. And I appreciate your asking me to be on today, Trillia. Yeah, it's been a joy. Well, you have been listening to the ERLC podcast. I'm Trillia Newbell, your host for this season. 